Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy trivia show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton, and I'll be awarding points to our two teams based on how well they know trivia and how good they are at lying. In Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, an incorrect answer is worth just as many points as a correct one. At least, as long as our players can trick the other team into believing it. Now let's meet tonight's panel. Thank you, thank you, and welcome to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie. I am your special guest host, Patrick Conley, here in place of Spencer Hamilton and producer Rip Camelucci, who are in, I've already forgotten it again, East it is Rutherford, Rutherford New Jersey. Jersey. East Rutherford, New Jersey for WrestleMania, yeah. but we have our own main event here. This is our Summer Slam in Spring. Oh. <laughs> But tonight, let's go ahead and meet our team. Spring uh, edition. First off, I'd like to meet our team on the left, which is Elizabeth Riggs, Justin Swenson, and Charlie Williams. Thank you. Tonight's captain. Uh, So uh, starting down the end, Elizabeth, you play with uh, Ripley at the Bug House Theater. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, also, it says that uh, you cannot burp at all. I cannot burp at all. I really can't. I'm I can't so even, sorry for your loss. I, wow. I don't know that I'm missing out on anything because I've never experienced it. Just comedic Ever? effect, I think. Yeah. yeah. My, uh, my, mom, my mom will burp, and then while she's burping, also excuse herself. <laughs> she can talk while burping. <laughs> so like in I the only want to be able to burp if I can do that. So I'm okay with passing. Yeah, that saves so much time. Yeah, it really does. Uh, and uh, I asked everyone to write down something they'd like to promote, and you wanted to promote that you are the tallest woman in your family. <laughs> I didn't want to promote you gotta... it. I just ran out of stuff to say. <laughs> no, you want everyone to know that you will I'm dominate all the women. Super proud. My grandmother. So, Generations are shorter than me. This goes out to the whole Riggs family. Take that. <laughs> uh, and then uh, next to Isabel, it's Justin Swinson. That's me. Hello. So uh, Justin is a performer here at the Comedy Sports Theater in it Chicago, is. Illinois, and is also the host of the uh, Not That Late Show. Yeah, it's a thing. I wear suits sometimes. Uh, and where does that happen? Uh, it happens at Under the Gun Theater. Actually, we have our one-year anniversary on April 25th. You did it. Congratulations. April 25th. Congrats. Please see the Not That Late Show one-year anniversary. And also, it says here, the thing you want to promote is you have a dentist appointment on Thursday. <laughs> Please I'm, send thoughts and prayers. I may not make it to that show. A dentist appointment. Yeah, uh, so uh, for those of you who are listening, that dentist appointment will have already happened, and we will try to give you updates if we can in the post show. <laughs> that uh, Dr. Emilfarb? I thought maybe we'd have the same dentist. Oh, no, I wish. All right. Uh, and then we have our team captain on the left, which is Charlie Williams. Oh, hi there. Uh, Charlie performs with Comedy Sports Chicago, Laugh Out Loud, and Booze Your Own Adventure. Uh, which I haven't heard of. What is Booze Your Own Adventure? Uh, Booze Your Own Adventure is a drinking adventure show where an audience member is pulled up on stage, interviewed about their life, and we make choices uh, during their life through drinking games like Flip Cup and King's Cup and things like that. It's a real drunken mess. All the cup games. <laughs> the best time to make major life decisions. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can follow Charlie on Twitter for mediocre content at, uh, at Charlie Ann Will. Uh, that's Charlie with no E, but Ann with an E. Thank you. Yes, my mother wanted to make it very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, do you have a team name? Uh, yes. We are the Skyscrapers. Skyscrapers. The, and I, you wanted me to say it like that. 
Yes. Every yes. Time. Okay. And a little so, bit louder every time. And okay. higher. All right. Uh, so on my left is the skyscrapers. Oh, starting high and loud. Oh, boy. Wow, that's a, loud. I know I've start. really set my setup for failure here. Uh, but on my right, let's meet our other team. Uh, first off, all the way on the end, Eric Lindbergh. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, Eric Lindbergh uh, wrote on his bio sheet here, CSZ mentalism. That's correct. Uh, you are a mentalist. I, I do. Yes, I mm -hmm. do mentalism and, uh, and perform at CSZ. Yeah, perfect. Well, I, that takes care of that. All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, we have uh, Daryl Monty, uh, who performs uh, at, with Mint at the Annoyance Theater on Tuesdays at 7.30. Fiasco at the Crowd Theater, Fridays at 10 p.m. And uh, Daryl, it says here, you've never broken a bone, but wow. you're open to new experiences. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm 34. Mm -hmm. I feel like I should break something at some point. Yeah. Do you have any, do you have any bones that would be like, if you had like your bucket list of bones you'd break? Uh, probably nothing in the leg area. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I won't see it coming. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how much agency I have over my eventual fracture. Gotcha. So as I long as it's... i your arm after this recording. For free. Yeah, yeah, man. Has everybody here broken a bone but you? I haven't. Yeah. Oh, I, have. Have. I actually have never broken a bone. Oh, yeah. I have broken a bone, but it was on purpose. What? What? I'm gonna <laughs> Wait, you can't just leave us there. Are you, are you Daryl from the future? <laughs> I am. Oh, I paid Natalie Younger <laughs> 10 bucks so. to break my bone. I'm reliable. It's a service I provide. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I broke my, uh, my jaw because of jaw surgery. They had to like crack the oh. whole thing and then move it around. Oh. It checks. That makes sense. I was okay. asleep for it. Uh, and then we have our team captain, Natalie Younger. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Natalie also performs at CSC and with uh, Jane Bond Fridays in April and May at Laugh Out Loud Chicago. And uh, Natalie, it says here you cannot touch your own toes. I can't. They're too far away. Gave up a long time ago. But what about other people's toes? I mean, with consent. Okay, perfect. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Captain Natalie, do you have a name for your team? Yes, but Daryl's going to introduce oh, us. Oh, perfect. Uh, we are the 69th Street Bridge Song. Perfect. <laughs> uh, finally bringing that class set, Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, has always needed. All right, so, uh, so on my right, we have the 69th Street Bridge Song, and on my left, Skyscraper! Oh, Get in there. Yep. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and jump in. This first question is going to be for Skyscraper! Ooh. Oh, this is going to be a rough one. Uh, so uh, tonight's theme, I'll let everyone know, uh, as you know for your team names, is New York City, the city that never sleeps, the Big Apple, uh, that place pretty close to East, East Rutherford, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. uh, so our first question is for Skyscraper. Uh, so mm -hmm. Question one, uh, New York City is considered one of the greatest cities in the world, which is why so many movies, TV shows, etc., take place in New York. However, due to budget reasons, just because it's set in New York doesn't mean it's filmed in New York. Often, Toronto, Ontario, uh, and other places in Canada will take the place of New York City uh, because, of the budget, because the budget is better when exchanged into loonies. Toronto is also one of the most populous cities in Canada and one of the bigger cities in North America. And Toronto actually shares something with the city of Chicago. Your question is, what historical event does Chicago have in common with Toronto? <laughs> If you listen very carefully, you can hear the Canadian National Anthem playing <laughs> in the background. But that should be enough time. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and turn it over. Oh, there it is. You can just, you can just hear it subtly in the background. But, uh, so over on our left, uh, Skyscraper! 
Uh, yeah. That brings me so much trouble. Uh, well, what historical event does Chicago have in common with Toronto? Uh, Chicago and Toronto were both founded on March the 4th. Both founded on March the 4th. Wonderful. That's correct. Uh, great. Uh, so I'm going to turn it over to the 69th Street Bridge song. Uh, any questions for them? Um, how is that an event? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The founding the, of two the of date, the greatest the fa- cities? The founding is the event, not the date. So the historical event that it shares is founded on March the same day. Event they were founded they on the same day, March the 4th. That's correct. Got it. Just clarifying. I mean, if a, if a founding is considered the historical event, then uh, don't all cities share that because they've all been founded? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I assume there are at least one other that was founded on March the 4th. Uh, same year? Are you saying March 4th of the same year? No, just March May 4th. we have the year. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, I can tell you the years if you'd like. Oh, oh, sh- oh I would really. I mean, like since to. you want to impose, I would. I would like yeah. to. I would yeah. like to hear the years. Chicago, March fourth, eighteen thirty-six. Yep. Toronto, March fourth, nineteen seventy-nine. Seventy-nine. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto, very young. City. It's a very Toronto's young city. They had the baseball yeah. team before they were the city. Yeah, yeah. 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 the Blue Jays the were there. That's why yeah. they didn't win the World Series until. After. Yeah. That's that makes sense. Oh, Actually, they didn't that's fair. can't win a World Series if you're not founded. It's why Toronto became a city. is because a baseball team was left there, and they decided not to leave. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, this is enough people for a city. We can yes. do this. Yep. So wait, Joe Carter and John Olerud founded Toronto. Is that what you're saying? Uh, absolutely it is. Uh, yeah. Yes. All right. I think that, uh, I, I think that just about checks it out. So uh, 69th Street Bridge song, uh, do we believe skyscraper that, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that uh, both cities were founded on March the 4th? Oh, man. Oh, so hard. No, no. No, we don't. We don't believe <laughs> no. that. No, no. We, uh, we don't believe that. Well, uh, the, uh, it turns out the correct answer is... Oh, we, can we get a chance? It's a fi- oh, we yeah, should have said it. We, we said that. You should have said it. It's, it's a, a great... Fire. They both had a great they fire. Had a great Toronto fire. and Chicago both had a great fire. They both had a great and fire. it wasn't Dave Kingman. Uh, no. it, is that why there's a second city in Toronto? Is that why there's a second city in both of them? Because Chicago is called the second city because it's the second Chicago because they built a second city. Oh yeah, the, uh, Toronto burned down, and, and they Toronto had to also yes. burned down. So they're Wait, like, well, we that? have to put a comedy yeah. club here too. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, you know, I really got to apologize to my team. I should have known this because Toronto is actually where I recorded my mixtape. So. <laughs> I you knew. started the great <laughs> Toronto fire. I did. <laughs> you, your mixtape was just too hot? My mixtape is fire. Yeah. Uh, Super hot fire, I believe, is what it was described as. Uh, but that is correct. That is uh, points to the 69th Street nice. Bridge song oh, over to my right. Uh, in 1904, fine. the ENS Curie Limited Neckwear Factory caught fire and burned down a majority of the downtown district. Over 100 buildings went up in flames. Uh, though not quite as bad as the Great Chicago Fire of 1871, still not a whole lot of fun. That was the slogan. Yeah. yeah. Still, not a whole <laughs> lot of, still not a whole lot Toronto. of Toronto. Not as bad as Chicago, but still <laughs> not, not a whole, whole lot, lot of fun. fun. <laughs> That's the official slogan of the city of Toronto. Tourism is hard. Yep. <laughs> a city so young they have a street named after it. Uh, so uh, going over to the 69th Street Bridge song uh, with an early lead, uh, New York City is nicknamed the Big Apple. That nickname came about in the 1920s from a local sports reporter. Uh, New York City is arguably the biggest fruit, except maybe for the peach in James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> How did Roald Dahl come up with this large fruit? Your time starts now. Moving to the country. 
I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat me a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, I'm gonna eat a lot of peaches. I think that makes sense. Moving okay. to the country. That's right. All right, looks like our teams have finished deliberating, and there was a song I thought I would never hear again, and unfortunately did. All right, a 69th Street Bridge song. Uh, how did Roald Dahl come up with his large fruit? So, uh, Roald Dahl, before he got started as an author, was a member of the Royal Air Force. Mm -hmm. Uh, in Wales Um, and like the American military they were subject to all sorts of bizarre experiments uh, many of which were with LSD so he basically just came up with it when he was on acid Alright, uh, so uh, they're saying Roald Dahl came up with the giant peach while on acid with the mm-hmm. uh, Welsh military. Military sanctioned mm-hmm. acid. Military, military sanctioned acid. acid. Yeah, I was going to say military. What year was this again? 1979. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That's all I wanted. I'm out of here. Do we believe them? Do we believe that he hallucinated his giant peach? Uh, of military approved acid? Yes. Uh, that only not. happens in Stranger okay. Things, okay? Right. Do we, well, do we have any questions? We want right. to see if we can uh, dig a little bit deeper? Yeah, I'd love to dig a little oh, deeper perfect. into this. Um, <laughs> here it comes. Shovel. Here comes the dig. Here comes the big dig Get right the shovel. now. They call me Big Dig Rick. <laughs> They don't call me that. Thank God. They, they do. Um, they will now. No. It's on the internet. BDR. Uh, okay. How how long was rolled in the military? Oh, good question. Daryl? Uh, World War II. So he was in it the whole time. Well, yes. One and done. Wars, <laughs> that is. But he did the whole thing. I mean, yeah. it was the Great War. Yeah. Part two. Mm-hmm. Well, no, right. it was the first. One. So 1939 to 1945. That's a long time. That's six years. Six I'm not suggesting he was tripping the entire time. No, that was military grade. I think you, I think they said we need you to trip the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I have no more questions. <laughs> <laughs> no what, questions. what type of acid was it? <laughs> uh, New York good. diesel. <laughs> Thank you. Good question. Well, what what type of LSD? The, uh, the nickname for it was George's marvelous medicine, which is also became a title of another one yep. of his books. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Oh, also, true. Charlie. That was your mixtape title, wasn't it? It absolutely was. <laughs> uh, when does that drop? Um, tomorrow. Uh, right tomorrow. <laughs> Perfect. So that'll be a week ago? How long yeah, ago does this come out? Uh, like a week and a half. Okay. I don't know. Oh, man. I, I'm, gotta, I'm not in charge of that part of this. to wait and see if she needs to add a song in tribute to our fallen brethren, Justin, after his dentist appointment. Ooh. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm waiting to see if he, if he does his tight five at the dentist appointment. <laughs> T's and P's, everyone. T's and, T's and P's. P's. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, uh, skyscraper. Uh, oh yeah. What do? Uh, uh, what? Do, how do we think Roald Dahl came up with this giant fruit? I mean, I think that he came up with this giant fruit the way that everybody comes up with all of the stories. His imagination. The greatest well, drug is, is the, the drug in your the, heart. The greatest drug is completing an art piece. Just say no. Uh, art. Uh, turns out the actual answer is. Uh, the concept came from the author's uh, uh, personal uh, apple orchard, wondering why apples stopped growing at a certain size. Uh, other fruits were considered, such as a cherry, but Dahl said a peach was prettier, bigger, and squishier than a cherry. It's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, so that's, uh, it sounds like he was into some acid, though. Yeah, I mean... Or just into some ass. Hey, yeah. squishier. Yeah. Oh, Peaches look like butts. Slide whistle peach sound. Peach. <laughs> peach at the Georgia peach. I am the Georgia peach. So we'll go on to My our next... Cobb impression. <laughs> we'll go on to our next question. This is for Skyscraper. Um, He's killing it. So uh, Albert Einstein... Hmm? He's really doing it. You're doing well. 
Uh, I know. I, we, we've got a lot of questions left to go, too. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm... Uh, I, uh, goodbye to my friends and family. Uh, so Albert Einstein spent the last years of his life in Princeton, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, during these years, he became very close friends with a Dr. Henry Abrams, who was an ophthalmologist whose office was located in New York. Einstein would frequently travel to New York for eye exams and as an excuse to visit his friend. Uh, after Einstein's death in 1955, Dr. Abrams received an unusual memento from their time together. He was surprised but honored by the gift, but only kept it after receiving explicit p- permission from Einstein's oldest son. That keepsake has remained locked away in a safe deposit box hidden from the public. What memento did Dr. Henry Abrams inherit from Einstein? I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gonna the dark. All right, looks like both of our teams are ready. All right, skyscraper. What memento did Dr. Henry Abrams inherit from Albert Einstein? Uh Dr. Henry Abrams, may you rest in pieces, uh, received Albert Einstein's eyeballs. He received his eyeballs. All right. 69th Street Bridge song. I'm not going to do that for you. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, 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 do, uh, do you want to poke some holes in that story? We'll agree. Both of them? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're a match set. It's like shoes. You don't give someone a shoe. It's give true. them a pair of shoes. Or a pair of pants. Yeah, all right, that checks out. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, I think I think that might be right. Yeah, that's those. That was our oh, answer. Too. Oh, right. That, that was your answer as well. Yeah. So uh, uh, we're all in agreement that uh, Dr. Henry Abrams received uh, Albert and Einstein's Blair. eyes. The correct answer is actually his eyes. Yeah. Both teams yeah. getting points for this one, but uh, more points for skyscraper. Ooh, I like the uh, pause in the middle of that. Yeah, uh, after Einstein died, his brain was removed during an unauthorized autopsy, mm-hmm. but uh, thankfully it was eventually returned to the family uh, after a long legal battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Abrams <laughs> got to keep Einstein's eyes, though. He preserved his eyes in a jar of formaldehyde and locked them away. Yep. He received several offers over the years, but never considered selling or displaying them, and his uh, kids have carried on that tradition. All the things he, they must have seen. <laughs> I, don't, I don't ever want to be so famous or influential that my family has to go into an in-depth legal battle to get my brain back. Well, that's where you and I differ. Yeah. yeah. I need you fighting for that. <laughs> Uh, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind having my brain up for like a, a legal battle or something like that, okay. uh, as long as that wasn't the thing I was known for. They were like, "Remember when they fought over that guy's brain? What was his name? Who cares?" Yeah, <laughs> sad. Pad, can I have your brain when you die? <laughs> yeah, thank you. I will uh, bid you for that brain. Uh, yeah, everyone gets to sign one part of my body uh, before they leave tonight, and uh, oh, you get to like keep. I called jaw. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, moving on. Uh, uh, oh, man. So many signatures. Uh, so for the 69th Street Bridge song, uh, in 1902, American composer Oscar Hammerstein opened the uh, Theater Republic, later known as the Victory Theater on 42nd Street, just steps away from Times Square. Over its lifetime, the theater was home to many firsts in New York entertainment, including original plays and musicals, and was especially notable for hosting the debut productions uh, for many uh, women playwrights in an industry dominated by men. 
However, the theater fell into disrepair during the Great Depression, and over the next 40 years could barely keep the doors open. Luckily, in 1972, an investor bought the building, and it enjoyed a bright and lucrative renaissance, paving the way for an industry boom on 42nd Street that cemented its legacy, its legacy as a trailblazing theater. What shift in New York's entertainment scene did the Victory Theater kick off in 1972? that your time is up 69th Street Bridge song what shift in New York's entertainment scene did the Victory Theater kick off in 1972 uh, that became the heart of the uh, adult entertainment industry the porno district yeah because that's where that's where all the porno theater the, I don't know if we call them porno theaters I don't want to be crass but the adult entertainment <laughs> uh, I believe they were called but 1972 corresponding with the insatiable behind the green door you've seen these films yeah you understand uh, I would like to thank the 69th Street Bridge song for not wanting to be too crass <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> In answer to the question. So, Sky Scraper, they're saying that it kicked off uh, the uh, adult film or porn uh, industry in New York. Uh, what do we think? I. What, what kind of porn? Yeah, like it was a, <laughs> your, your hardcore. Uh, More specific. Um, you can just give me a broad category as if I oh, was like searching fe- through Pornhub. Feature films. Feature films, yeah. Back then, they were, you know, Pornhub only, ah, they only yes. had like six or seven things, you know. And then they were they, they had the talkies, you know, and they they did the ADR. Okay. All with the things stuff, like uh, all like the stuff the, that uh, in the '90s was behind that like yeah. cheap curtain in yeah. the back of the mm-hmm. video villa. Oh, right. the cheap curtain stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah this yeah. was you know your 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 auteur, uh, uh adult film industry. Uh, okay. At the time. So people would just show up to the theater to watch. Yeah, I mean, you see Taxi Driver. I don't think they're just watching. And that was in Times Square. It makes, I mean, there was, there were a great many adult theaters Hmm. uh, in Times Square in that area uh, in the 70s. In fact, it was pretty much all that. Travis Bickle talks about it in Taxi Driver. All right. Hard to argue with Taxi Driver. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you fuckers, you screwheads. Won some awards, I guess, so we got to trust it. Yeah, uh, the documentary feature for Martin Scorsese. Uh, So, uh, (laughs) Skyscraper! Uh, what do we think? Uh, do we believe the 69th Street Bridge song that it was it kicked off the porn industry in New York City? No. Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. What do you think? What industry? Uh, uh, what? Uh, yeah. What? Uh, what? Uh, hold on. I'm going to actually read the question. <laughs> what shift in New York's entertainment scene did the Victory Theater kick off in 1972? Wow, you guys didn't even come I, up with your own answer, we, but you're we, so against we, ours. We were hoping you would inspire us. Yeah. We think it was um, like the the resurgence of musicals. Resurgence of musicals, bringing yeah. back the classic mm-hmm. American musical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, well, you might be surprised to learn the answer is, in fact, porn! <laughs> come on! Never get in between Eric Lindbergh and his knowledge yeah. of porn history. I, I he majored in it. Same on me. Uh, for Eric? Our, for our listeners at home, uh, Eric actually uh, leapt up from his table away from his microphone to take center stage. <laughs> to cheer his victory of knowing so much about porn. And wow. now we need him to put his pants back on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Only porn can get him up. See. Out of his seat. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
So uh, it turns out that porn has been around since the days of cave paintings, but when the Victory Theater reopened in 1972, it was the first porn movie theater in New York City. Wow. Uh, several other struggling theaters quickly latched onto the idea, and 42nd Street was soon known for its blocks upon blocks of porn. Mm. Wow. Yeah, baby. I wish we could play back your reaction, because when I said it, I said it like porn, like you have it on the... Yeah, uh, yeah. And you have, you have a porn exclamation point is what's yeah. on the screen. Yeah. And that's kind of how I said it, and you sort of reacted like, he's right. Oh yeah, I was very excited. Yeah, uh, I'd like to say that we went through we we went through a really nice uh, evolution of of what we thought it was. That went we started with drag, and then we went to burlesque, and then we eventually evolved to porn. Circle of life, as we right. all do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and, check my career in my in uh, in my research, my extensive research for this question. <laughs> I learned many things, uh, but one of the things I learned was that uh, the Victory Theater. Uh, also was a burlesque theater briefly in the 1950s. Wow. Uh, and it was mm. where Gypsy Rose Lee had her uh, her stage debut. Wow. Huh. Uh, later on, my uh, my dad was a chauffeur in the uh, uh, for a, uh, an army base in Korea, and uh, during a USO tour, he had to drive Gypsy Rose Lee around while she was entertaining the troops. And that played <laughs> at the <laughs> Victory <laughs> Theater in 1972. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, chauffeur right. and Gypsy. Take that, Toronto. <laughs> All right, our next question is for Scraper. Uh, in, in nineteen forty-two, organized crime was rampant across the country, from Los Angeles to Chicago to New York City. Luckily, New York's mayor Fiorello de la Gu- uh, de la Guardia, <laughs> Fiorello Laguardia, <laughs> uh, whitewashing of history. They've got the Dela. Boy, I'm not gonna. Get past that one. Fiorello LaGuardia wasn't about to let his city give in to moral decay and despair, and he spotted the top threat to his city right away. It was an insidious import controlled by the Chicago mob organization. Mm. He saw its effect on the youth of New York, leading them into delinquency. It was, and I quote, a tool from the devil pushed by slimy crews of tin horns, well-dressed, living in luxury on penny thievery. He made the eradication of this blight his top priority for the police force. Despite the threat this evil posed to the citizens of New York, it was eventually legalized following an example in 1974 from the Supreme Court of California. Your question is, what dreadful items were illegal in New York for more than 30 years? All right. So that is your time. Skyscraper. Uh, <laughs> wow. You have gone from Paul Bearer's ghost to an opera singer to a spaceman? <laughs> we're only, the altitude's only increasing. Uh, so uh, what dreadful items were legal in New York for more than 30 years? Um, spray paint cans. Spray paint cans. Excellent. So uh, yes. I'm going to pass this over to the 69th Street Bridge song, Spray Paint Cans. Uh, can I just say no? Do I have to ask questions? <laughs> yeah. It would be nice so to get a question. What colors? Was it all colors? It was all colors. Right of course, outside of city limits. How do you spell paint? No, you know, which one, you know which one was still legal? Clear. <laughs> oh, the clear coat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got to have that primer. Um, you actually know this, and I you're 100% correct. I'm like, oh. I'm, yeah. If so, so, I'm so wrong, I'm, I will be no, delighted. And, and I just want to be clear. 
we are saying it's not spray paint. It's not <laughs> spray paint. Okay, you're sure. I'm sure. All right. All right, Don't so, try to psych me out. Okay. So uh, what what do you imagine the answer to be? I will be delighted now if it's spray paint, but the correct answer is pinball. Pinball. pinball yeah, machines. pinball machines. Pinball machines. Hmm. This isn't strictly how this game is played, but do you all believe pinball? <laughs> Honestly? That, I got a lot of questions. I, I you can ask me questions. She's Bring it on. Okay. I, I'm a big time rule follower, so no, I will decline. <laughs> Was there a particular <laughs> game? No, it's just pinball machines. Just in pinball general. in general. Uh, <laughs> the monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Man, they really hated the Twilight Zone pinball machine. Yeah. So, so and this, oh, when yeah. when was the pinball machine created? Uh, I want it. What I want is it was because it was banned here in Chicago first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I it was illegal here for quite some time. And so I want to say it was created in like the 40s, maybe earlier. But it was, yeah, because it's because like there's Plinko. There's a lot of like eight, like older, older just like descendants or okay. ancestors of Pimbel. Descendants. Cool. Descendants. Well, actually, as the answer turns out, it's Pinball. Yeah, so bonus points, bonus points over the 69th Street Bridge song. Uh, Yeah, uh, LaGuardia considered it a form of gambling and a corrupting Mm -hmm. influence on children. Wow, Uh, he's the Prince Harry of his time. Pretty much, Uh, he actually personally oversaw raids on pinball parlors and was frequently photographed smashing machines with a sledgehammer. Uh, In 1974, though, a pinball expert proved in court that it was a game of skill and not random chance. Uh, New York saw the machines as an answer to its budget crisis, charging $50 a license per machine uh, in the city and raised millions that following year. That's a great story, that expert, because he's also deaf, dumb, and blind. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, moving on. His name is just Tommy because he's that well known. He's yeah. a folk hero. You know. Yeah. Tommy. You know Tommy. We have three legitimately correct. Is that a record? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you've had uh, three legitimately correct so and far. And what's great is that the ones that I've felt very confident on, it's because I've known Chicago history, right. and the theme of tonight is New York City. <laughs> uh, I would like to point out that all of our writers, uh, uh, Rob Grabowski, uh, Simon Collier, and uh, uh, Zach Mast, uh, are all in Chicago, so this, there's a clear bias. I mean, <laughs> it's a better city. All right. Uh, oh, and Fiona Stevens. Did I say what Fiona? it costs to get in here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, our, next, uh, our next question is for the 69th Street Bridge song. Uh, New York City is home to thousands of heroes, Iron Man, Spider-Man, firefighters. Uh, but the most unsung heroes in New York are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, They've called New York City home since their debut in 1984. Uh, They've gained more popularity after the animated show hit the airwaves, but the Turtles had to travel overseas to the UK. Uh, Once they arrived, the BBC was uncomfortable with the name Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What did the BBC change the name of the show to and why? Even though I would love to hear more of that theme song to which I know all of the lyrics. So good. Uh, we're going to pass it over to the 69th Street Bridge song. Tell us, what did the BBC change the name of the show to? Um, so, uh, they just called it Teenage Mutant Ninja Tortoise. Because <laughs> 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 they, they say tortoise. That is true. Uh, they do have tortoises over there. It's uh, like uh, over here. Uh, the where's uh, what over there are where's Wally books are uh, uh-huh. where's Waldo books. 
That's correct. Uh, I'm so glad they made the change to make yeah. the distinction. Yeah. Uh, from from uh, yeah for, for, for regions. Well, it's like you, you can't say for. fanny pack over there. It's the same oh. kind of thing. Yeah. You, yeah, you do not want to say fanny not, pack. So you can say pack. it. It just means something. It means drastic. Mm-hmm. very different. <laughs> same 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 scenario. Same. Yeah, uh, victory theaters. Can you? Oh yeah. So yeah, skyscraper. What do we think? Yeah. Can you um describe the differences between a tortoise and a turtle? Yeah. Or were you saying that there are none? Wow, what accusatory eyes we're getting. <laughs> I mean... Just for the, I, uh, for the audience so, at home, uh, I'm doing accusatory eyes. Sure, sure. So a turtle uh, sings So Happy Together, whereas a tortoise <laughs> plays unlistenable Chicago-based prog rock. <laughs> Bless you, Daryl. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. you know what? That's, that's uh, bonus points also right like there. like one's green, one's brown. Daryl. Like, <laughs> so, you, you just gotten your own special set of bonus points. Which wow. you can redistribute later as needed. Wow. Cool. Um, All right. Keep them. Yeah, we don't think that's correct. We no, that's way off. You don't think that's correct. correct. Uh, uh, what do you think they changed the name of the show to, and why? Um, well, they had an issue with the use of the word mutant. Ah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, do, what do you think they renamed the show to? Oh, yeah. We we think if we think it was teenage fighting ninja turtles. Yeah. Teenage fighting ninja turtles. Well, I, I uh, believe so, but I, I can't. Uh, you know what? Uh, that's okay. actually not so far off for Skyscraper! Who hurting? The actual <laughs> answer was a Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Oh. Oh. Ninja. It was Ninja. Oh, they had an issue ninja. with Ninja. Ah. That's what they had that the issue sense. with. The BBC thought the word choice. Ninja was, was too violent for children. Yeah. Oh. So they changed it to Hero, uh, but they still had all of their weapons uh, on the series. Uh, <laughs> and so. the song still sounds right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, th- that was yeah, that was the uh, the British cover of the song. That's smart. Where they uh, they eat uh, crumpets. Turtles. Oh, That's you good. have to do it with, with the accent. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> just figured they would get stodgy and, and uppity about the word turtle. <laughs> <laughs> so teenage mutant hero intelligent. That's that's really hilarious. That the the one thing you think that is stereotypical of the British is that they just can't stand the word turtle. <laughs> <laughs> We, we talked about it being ninja, and we're like, nah, I feel like they'd be just as, like, just as, like, tone deaf about that as America would be. So, yeah. there, there. Tea, tiny cakes, and tortoises. Yeah, but not tortoises. <laughs> no. Nope. All right, so uh, going back to... Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Avril Lavigne. Yeah. You stopped in to do a quick cover of our... For those of you at home, we did get uh, Avril Lavigne here tonight. Did a quick Avril Lavigne. Uh, that, that's now. all we could afford from her, though, was just saying skyscraper that one time. So, uh, so of the five boroughs, Brooklyn is currently the hippest spot to have your rich parents pay your rent. Mm-hmm. But Brooklyn almost wasn't even part of New York. Uh, in 1894, there was a vote on whether or not to consolidate Brooklyn into the greater New York City. With about 130,000 ballots cast, the final result was less than 300 votes away from turning Brooklyn into New York's hippest suburb. The U.S. has a history of close elections, but there have also been a few total blowouts. Who won the most lopsided presidential election in U.S. history, and by roughly how much? No sleep till... (laughs) 
All right. So I'm going to throw this back over to... Oh, Avril, uh, thank you so much for stopping oh, back in. Came back. Came back. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, who won the most lopsided presidential election in U.S. history and by roughly how much? You're going to love this. Okay. Uh, it was a tie between two different presidential candidates in different points in history. Oh, okay. One was Abraham Lincoln and the other one was Roosevelt. Oh, so uh, you're saying this is a trick question to I know that presidents. I know that you you like to get you know tricky with the questions. Keep us on our toes, and uh, we won't be duped. We do like red herrings. Uh, so they're saying uh, 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 pretty close between Abraham Lincoln and uh, which Roosevelt. Roosevelt. The best one. Let's all Franklin. say it together. Frank Teddy. So saying Abraham Lincoln and FDR. You. Y'all gonna y'all gonna buy that? Uh, do you know the the, I the number? The, what was the second, margin? The second part of the question the is by oh, yeah. how many? Yeah, the margin was huge. Yeah. Both times. How big was it? <laughs> Bigger than like you drive a truck through that margin. You can write some notes for the test in that margin. So in lieu of figures, they just had folksy hyperbole. <laughs> it was a simpler time. It was a simpler time. Is that what was on the call on the television during the... Yeah, totally. Yeah, especially during Lincoln's time where someone just walked across with a sign. They were like, just a really huge What, did they just use an applausometer? Did they count ballots? It was just... Back then, it was more chivalrous time. They didn't want the opposing losing... Person to feel badly about themselves. So they just said, "Just trust us." It was it was a it big was loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't they didn't want you to, don't give want to know how you big of a loss yeah. it was. You'll be sad because your mom didn't even vote for you. Dude. It was it was like, by all the votes. Yeah, it was yeah. The the margin you didn't was even all vote for you. nearly <laughs> <laughs> with a question mark. So it leaves room to, to wonder, but. The, result, the results were actually given by uh, uh, just writing people's names slightly bigger the more votes they got. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, 69th Street Bridge song, uh, are we buying this? We are not. Not buying this. Uh, so, okay. the question to you then is who won the most lopsided presidential election in history and by roughly how much? Um, I believe that was the uh, Harry, S., uh, Harry S. Truman uh, defeated Dewey. Uh-huh. Um, who famously had a newspaper come out that said Dewey defeats Truman like preemptively, uh, and I want to say he beat him by like so two, embarrassing because it, was, yeah. Yeah, it was so such a, a large margin. Yeah, yeah. they misprinted so the newspapers. By, he beat him by, by like twenty points. Wow, <laughs> interesting. Uh, it turns out the answer is FDR. Yeah. yeah. So majority credit over to Escape. Uh, so he, they get half the points because they pretty much hedged their bets with the Lincoln, which, I, just saying. I, 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 I did, I did hedge some enough. points, but uh, it, uh, credit is still deserved. Uh, FDR holds the record for being elected president an unprecedented <laughs> four times, uh, but in his second election, he broke another record, winning a 98.5% what? of the electoral what? votes oh against uh, the uh, opposing candidate Alfred M. Landon. See, why would you, you want to know how much the percent? Yeah, they yeah. like listen. Who is the, the voter who turnout? The, I want to know how the millennials turned out at uh, the at that uh, election. I think it was just. <laughs> how did it, the millennials turn <laughs> out at FDR's election? <laughs> Different millennials. They're yeah, all so, dead. Yeah. Uh, zero percent. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. The, 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 the centennials. Zero percent. Who was it? Michael Landon. Who was uh, the uh, uh, Alfred M. Landon? Uh, uh, Michael uh, Landon. Michael Landon is. Yeah. Paw on Little House on the Prairie, and he's and why precious. do you think that is? Because yeah. he got trucked. <laughs> a little bit of fact about mm-hmm. his opponent mm-hmm. um, that a lot, not a lot of people know, is that his opponent was just an ant farm. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Alfred M. Landon. What was uh, the Ant Farm's uh, campaign slogan? Ants, ants, ants. <laughs> <laughs> that's got my vote. Uh, ants uh, love to just yell their own name. Uh, um, uh, also, he supported universal health care, so I don't... <laughs> So, uh, for, 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 giving the, uh, for giving us the extra bit of uh, true historical fact, uh, Charlie just got uh, a bonus of five points, nice. uh, which can later be distributed. Normal full amount of points. And <laughs> that's, listen, that's, Lincoln that's wasn't the popular how we presidential candidate. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but uh, let's find out. You know what is popular? More trivia. Ooh. Ooh. Good Perfect segue. Skyscraper. <laughs> All right, this is for the sixty-nine <laughs> song. My man. Uh, walk around New York City and you might just spot a celebrity. Uh, <laughs> be sure to look down at your feet, though, as that's where you'll see one of the city's biggest celebrities uh, in quite some time, Pizza Rat. Uh, the resourceful little scamperer uh, became a viral sensation uh, after he was spotted dragging a whole New York slice of pizza down some stairs. But how good could pizza really be for a rat? According to the Governor's Commission on the Humane Treatment of Animals, what is the official name of the food that a pet rat's ideal diet should consist of? In Napoli, where love is king, when boy meets girl, here's what they say. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. All right, that is time. 69th Street Bridge song. According to the Governor's Commission on the Humane Treatment of Animals, what is the name of the food a pet rat's ideal diet should consist of? You would feed your pet rat Nutripellets. Nutripellets? Yes. I'm going to send that back over to Skyscraper. Uh, <laughs> what do we think? Um... Could you uh, break down the base analysis for what the nutritional tag would say on that? Mm -hmm. Ooh, good sure. Uh, could you break down the base analysis of what base analysis means? <laughs> <laughs> good um, counter question. What's the uh, what's the crude protein percentage on a bag of rat feed? Damn. Oh, the crude. Okay, crude protein percentage. Uh, proteins are. Uh, uh, rats don't need a lot of protein. Why? Because they're small. Yes. You seen a Chicago rat man? Huge. They're supposed to be small. We're talking about a pet rat. Are you keeping Chicago rats as pets? Everybody needs a home. There are signs everywhere that tell you not to do <laughs> yeah, that. I don't feed say. them. I take them home and I feed them. Uh, but you're doing, you know, you're doing the good work. <laughs> so they don't. I would say that the the crude protein is probably about like eight ten percent, and then the rest is acai. <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit of goji berry. That's pretty trendy for yeah. a rat. Those rats need their antioxidants. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Gotta stay looking young in that rat game. Oh, yeah. So, Skyscraper, uh, do, like <laughs> do we That's believe... That's broken elevator. <laughs> it's like a fun <laughs> Do we believe the 69th Street Bridge song, Nutripellets? Uh, we're going to say no. They say no. Well, they don't believe you for a second. What say you is the answer, uh, then? Michael, yeah. A, in the wild, let's say they don't <laughs> live in a city... A rat's base diet would consist of fruits, grains, vegetables, and roots. So Paleo. I would say that the name of, a, of the food a pet rat's ideal diet should consist of mm -hmm. would be like, a, uh, start with like a lettuce and tubers. 
Like potatoes and carrots. And I think lettuce. this is a prop. It's a proper name. We are giving you Neutropolis. Yeah, proper it, name. it is a proper. What is of the a, proper a, name? Well, they're saying they're it's saying Vegemite. the name of the ideal diet. Yeah. Yeah. Of a yeah. pet rat, not in the wild. Right. Well. Um, uh, oh. Go go ahead. Oh, uh, you sure? Yeah. If, if you got more, I, I we had to dig real deep for that, so okay. that's really all we mm-hmm. got. Well, it turns out it <laughs> is actually know. a proper. Uh, it is a proper food name, and that proper food name is Rat Blocks. Oh, yeah. 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 I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I thought that was the best. Rat Blocks. It's named the same thing going in as it is coming out. And they are. It is a high quality, nutritious pelleted chow formulated just for rodents, and recommended that a rat gets a small portion of fruit and veggies every single day. Thank. Thank you. Could you uh, tell me the base analysis of the <laughs> rat blocks? Uh, hold on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be like, like 20, 30 minutes if you don't. Uh, so if we can just uh, play Amore again, uh, that'd be great. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, so actually uh, uh, part of our answer was that they should have a diet uh, that includes small portions of fruit and veggies. So a uh, small number of bonus points to Charlie's team once again. Nom, 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 for nom. Ah, rat blocks. The words nutrish and... Pellets were we're in also the in the answer as well, so an equal number of unearned bonus what? points to both teams. <laughs> All right. The English word nutrish, nutrish. as coined by Rachel, Rachel Ray, celebrity chef. All right. Uh, so uh, moving on, this is going to be question number nine. This is our final question well. for oh. Skyscraper. Wow. Love uh, that band. Hurt. That hurt a lot. Uh, <laughs> All right, so uh, the, um, hold on, I'm going to try to get this up on the, there we go. Uh, So the ball drop at Times Square on New Year's Eve is an iconic celebration. Thanks to the magic of television, you have a picture of what the gathering looks like, even if you've never been. Mercifully, thanks to the limitations of television, you can't imagine what it actually smells like. Mm -hmm. Uh, You see, in order to be a part of the action on New Year's Eve, visitors have to be screened, then camp out all day in order to be allowed into the pens. The problem? At no point in any of the process are there any bathrooms or porta-potties. Luckily, some Times Square businesses uh, rally to do their part in preventing mass public urination. What promotion has the Times Square Applebee's run to keep New Year's Eve travelers who are in need of a restroom? Happy New Year! We're sending it over to Skyscraper. in flight. So what promotion has the Times Square Applebee's run to help New, York, uh, New Year's Eve travelers who are in need of a restroom? It's, uh, cla- it's classy and it's direct. It's yeah. called Pee at the Bee. Mm-hmm. A pee at the Bee. Oh, I'm writing that down. <laughs> um, the promotion is uh, a small margarita and half of a chicken crisper and a trip to the restroom. Yep. Uh, 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 how, much do you, how much do you think that goes for? Um, Easily ten dollars. Easily ten dollars. You're, to- you're totally stuck. They can charge you whatever they want. Yeah, yeah it's Times Square. So uh, we're gonna but say it's it- also Applebee's. <laughs> it's Times Square. But they're, but they're stuck behind Applebee's. security. It's like an airport. You pay whatever yeah. you have to pay yeah. at an airport to eat. Um, you're stuck. Not only is that wrong, but oh. we're gonna go four for four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four uh, or four, four correct answers. You're gonna oh, go wow. these uh, after this. The correct <laughs> answer is crapple peas. <laughs> I'm writing this down. Hold on. Okay. Go ahead. Um, and for that, that's fifteen ninety nine. 
It's a trip to the bathroom and two crappetizers of your choice. No. <laughs> I don't recommend doing the hot wings. It just makes for matters worse. No, go for the jalapeno poopers. Yeah. Is it is it a limited menu of appetizers or the oh, whole yeah, yeah. gamut? You it's get whatever. A limited menu of crappetizers. Come on. Excuse my mistake. Yeah. Oh, the graphic design team has a field day with. So, uh, so uh, to my left we have uh, uh, P at the B, <laughs> which is a, a single chicken tender and a margarita yep. for uh, what was it uh, ten dollars? Ten dollars. And on my right, the counter offer from the 69th Street Bridge song is uh, crapple peas, <laughs> which was what was that again? It was uh, it's fifteen ninety nine, and it's two crappetizers of your choice. All right, so uh, Applebee's, if you're listening, uh, we want those. Uh, we welcome. want those royalty checks. Yep. Um, so uh, I'll tell you this. Neither team uh, got it got it right. I That's am, okay. I am appalled. Uh, uh, actually, I take that back. Both teams technically did get it fairly close. Uh, you just have to pay for a modestly priced meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a small catch. That modest price is three hundred and seventy-five dollars. What? Uh, what? In order to get through the night with uh, with your dignity and bank account intact, uh, you uh, a lot of attendees have resorted to using uh, plastic bottles, adult diapers, or just letting it rip. Uh, have fun picture that while you watch the next New Year's Rockin' Eve. Oh. Yikes. Uh, so uh, both teams uh, were actually on the right track there as long as you made a purchase of uh, food and or a drink. You know what? I have uh, a question. Yes. Is it you just have to pay for a modestly priced meal or do you have to actually eat a modestly yeah. priced meal from Applebee's? I would, one's going to make you shit your pants yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a three, $3.75 to use the restroom, uh, $4.25 to use the restroom and not eat. Wow. <laughs> I mean, worth it. I'll yeah. pay extra. All right, so yeah, each team gets uh, gets partial credit for that one. Uh, so we're now on to our final question, and this one is for the 69th Street uh, Street Bridge song. Woo-hoo. So final question: According to Alicia Keys, New York is a concrete jungle where dreams are made of. There's nothing you can't do, and this is metaphorically true. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, uh, New York City has some strange laws on the books. It's illegal to throw a ball at someone's face, for example, uh, 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 or to sell a dog or cat hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, one other lo- law, in New York City, what normally benign activity is illegal to do with a tiger? Start spreading the news. All right. Uh, this is one of the few crimes in New York I have not been arrested for. Uh, 69th Street Bridge song. Uh, what In New York City, what normally benign activity is illegal to do with a tiger? Um, we have two choices, but we're going to go with sing. You sing. cannot sing to a tiger. To a tiger. You cannot sing uh, with or to a with tiger. With or to, to a, tiger. a tiger. Okay, okay. great. Uh, that's actually uh, a very good answer. But I'm going to send it over to... Wow, wow, Mariah Carey in nice. the building. Uh, well, Killer whistle note. So, uh, what do we think? Do we, do we think that's accurate, or do we want to ask some questions? Uh, I guess I'm just sad that you can't duet with a tiger. It'd be a bummer, like, not to be able to sing to a tiger because a tiger needs a song. Mm-hmm. But it's Amen. even more sad to not be able to sing a duet with a tiger if you can find a singing tiger. Yeah, they're tiger. great on harmony. I mean, they are great on harmony. Too soon. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Very disrespectful. Is it is it any type of music or is it a specific genre? Uh, it's specific tigers. Well, I mean, what Bengal if I? Tigers. Oh, okay. So if I wanted to like do a like a, have a slam poetry session, that's in the not zoo. S- in what universe is yeah, that? It's not singing. singing. 
Okay. Would I mean, that be in the, the tiger is going to be offended, but it's I, not going to be illegal. Just, if I if I give some inflection while I'm doing some slam poetry and it turns into a small song, is that illegal? Is you can do what, all uh, the Saul Williams you, yeah. stuff at a tiger that you want. That's all I needed to. <laughs> what <laughs> Grammy <laughs> category would you end up in if you put yeah, a little I inflection? Say, I was going to say if a president has been nominated for a Grammy for yeah. it, it's okay to do with a tiger. There you okay. go. <laughs> <laughs> and how long has this law been on the books exactly? A hundred. Nineteen seventy-nine. Got it. Yeah, good what year. Mag- what a magical year. They year. really locked everything down in 1979. <laughs> that was like, listen, guys, we got to get it together. <laughs> no more pinball. No more porno theaters. You with tigers, you freaks. Toronto was founded. And Toronto yeah. was founded. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, uh, so you're saying we do not believe that that is the... Absolutely. Uh, no, not. we do not believe. Uh, so uh, what's our counteroffer? What do we think, uh, um, what normally benign you activity? You cannot actually walk your tiger to uh, your car and drive him in the front seat. Yep. You cannot have a tiger in the front seat of the car. Yes. Really, yep. you shouldn't keep it, put any of your pets in the front seat. That's not safe for them. That is true. Thank you. For, that is a, an excellent bit a of PSA uh, public PSA. From somebody with too <laughs> yeah. many animals. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, safety always. So, our final answer. What normally benign activity is illegal to do with a tiger in New York City? Selfies! Wow. Uh, in 2014, a law was uh, a law made it illegal to take selfies with tigers. Wow! Uh, if you do, uh, you will get a $500 fine. What? And Honestly, the, I didn't realize that any new laws had been put on the books in the last like 10 years. It yeah, seems like it's nothing a gets done. Yeah, just soda taxes. Uh, the uh, and it turns out in this case, this was also for public safety. The measure was enacted to help reduce the number of maulings, uh, of which there have been. Yeah. Two yep. in ten years. Yep. And tigers I have to don't say, like those filters. Yeah, no. that's pretty tiger good. Tiger sees itself. Don't put a it's puppy an filter on my face. <laughs> I'm a feline. Yeah. I wonder, has anyone tried doing that? Putting a cat filter on a cat? Oh yeah, yeah. It it works sometimes. Hmm. Have three cats can confirm. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, told at the points. Uh, uh, Daryl and Natalie each have ten points. You can get. You can distribute in any way, shape, or form you'd like. Charlie, you also have 10 points you can distribute in any way, shape, or form you like. Okay. Where would you like to each send your points? This um, may decide the entire game. Oh, I'm going to let Daryl go first. Uh, I'm going to hoard mine. Oh. Good call, Daryl. <laughs> if they were my points, I'd have given them to Pad. Oh. First skyscraper songs. Um, I'm actually going to give two points to Pad. Okay, great. Uh, one point to Ryan, who's subbing in for Rich. Ryan. And then the rest I'm going to give to my team. Oh, All right. All right. Uh, which and means one uh, seven, of those seven we're going to give to charity. Team. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, with a final tally, uh, I can tell you right now that our winners tonight are the 69th Street <laughs> Bridge Song. <laughs> the 69th Street Bridge Song has taken, has taken the title. But uh, we also uh, wanted to thank our other team. <laughs> for being out. here tonight. That's right. That was the two dogs here that heard hypersonic. Uh, so it was, you couldn't hear it. Uh, but thank you so much. This has been Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, New York City edition. Have a great night. Uh, Spencer and Rich are back next week. Join us then for a special environmentally friendly episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie. Yeah. Put your pants back on. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is recorded in front of a live audience every Monday at 8 o'clock right here in Chicago at the CSZ Theater. If you'd like to see the show live, use the code FETCH at CSZChicago.com for half off your ticket price. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is an arcade audio production. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LSDL Show. 
please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our show is produced by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, and Rich Camalucci. Written by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, Simon Collier, Rob Grabowski, Zach Mast, and Fiona Stevens. Hosted by Patrick Connolly. Our panel this week, Eric Lindbergh can be seen performing with Comedy Sports Chicago. Daryl Monty performs sketch comedy as part of Fiasco at the Crowd Theater Fridays at 10 p.m. Elizabeth Big Dig Riggs is playing Nina at the Drunken Seagull, a tipsy take on Chekhov's dark comedy. Shows are June 7th and 14th at 8 p.m. at the Lawrence House. Email lngsketchcomedy at gmail.com for tickets. Justin Swinson hosts the Not That Late Show, which you can catch on the fourth Thursday of every month at 8 p.m. at Under the Gun Theater. Charlie Williams performs with Comedy Sports Chicago as well as Laugh Out Loud Theater. And finally, Natalie Younger can be seen at Comedy Sports Chicago or you can tune into the Shared History Podcast dropping July 2nd right here on Arcade Audio. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is made possible in part by listeners like you. Check out patreon.com slash arcade audio for more info on how you can support the show. Thanks for listening to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the world's only game show. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.